0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Reclaiming my time. I'm reclaiming my time. Reclaiming, this is my time. It's my time. Reclaiming my time from YouTube and from the tech tyrants out there. Kind of blended two stories there together. Obviously, we're going to talk about the reclaiming my time debacle for the Democrats up on Capitol Hill yesterday. The dreaded air quotes hearing for Bill Barr. Well, they asked Bill Barr a question and then magically reclaimed their time every time he tried to answer it. And we're going to be reclaiming our time from the tech tyrants that I'm going to show you the evidence that they are not only squashing our show, squashing Breitbart and elsewhere. I'm going to leave, leave you a note of optimism, too, because uh, their business model is absolute garbage. Today's show brought to you by our friends at ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity from those prying eyes. Get a VPN today. Protect yourself. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today after that disastrous hearing? Hearing. Yeah. On Capitol Hill yesterday. Who who were they hearing? (laughs) You know, know, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. know. A wonderful question. I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, Poor Joe sat there this morning and had to cut all these. I got, I have the lowlights. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Again, there were no highlights. Um, And I've titled that segment, The Village of Idiots. Um, We're going to go through the lowlights. Uh, (laughs) uh, The Democrats just humiliating. If you, listen to me. If you came out of that hearing yesterday thinking that Bill Barr is anything other than a national hero and the Democrats... Mm -hmm. Have anything more than a double-digit IQ? Seek professional mental health support immediately. <laughs> it wasn't, believe me, it was a disaster. Oh, no man. sane person no. watched that thought, gosh, these Democrats are really good. All right, got a lot to get through today, yeah, including baby. some spy-gay connections that are going to blow your mind and some other video of Lori Lightfoot in Chicago saying something not supported by the facts at all about gun control. Mm-hmm. All right, today's show brought to you by our friends at, what? What am I jersey popping for? I'm not jersey popping. This is Cuts Clothing. The T-shirt, it's a menswear staple. It's candidly all I wear. I'm at a point in my life, grew up pretty, you know, poor, then middle class. Now we do okay. And you know what? I still wear T-shirts because I love them. But the T-shirt's been plagued by horrible conditions. Shrinkage, bacon necks, color fade, parachute fit, wrinkles, stretching, just to name a few. Cuts clothing has changed the game. Their t-shirt is enough quality and style to wear in the office, on a date, or anywhere in between, even when I'm doing my podcast like this beauty right here. So now you don't have to choose between a classic look and a modern feel. Feel that. feel how soft that is yeah you feel that nice cuts clothing you feel so i can feel it can you feel it are you feeling it are you getting it feel how soft that is (laughs) fit fabric function the only (laughs) paul's like i felt (laughs) the only shirt worth wearing it's athletic tailored looking fit is perfect for work a date everything in between pre-shrunk wrinkle free retains its shape over time they have a custom engineered p-y-c-a pika pro fabric pika pro fabric that can be described as buttery soft shop by cut Choose your collar, V-neck, Henley, this is my personal style. Choose your cut, elongated split hem or classic curve hem, a great mix of long sleeve, short sleeve, collars, cuts, you'll be ready for any situation. The only shirt worth wearing when you wear a Cuts uh, t-shirt, it's impossible to choose a regular t-shirt again. That's why Cuts is the only shirt worth wearing. I love them. Loved by your favorite athletes, entrepreneurs, and even podcast hosts. Mm hmm. Seems like everyone's wearing cuts these days. Get 15% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash Bongino. That's cuts. C-U-T-S clothing.com slash Bongino for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing. Cutsclothing.com slash Bongino. Go today. All right, Joe, let's go. There's the bell. So let's get right to yesterday. There was actually something that came out of that disaster up on Capitol Hill yesterday. uh, Falsely called a hearing. The good news is this. Attorney General Bill Barr was up on the hill and dropped this little bombshell up there that seemed to slip in amongst the Reclaiming My Time debacle. Check this out, Wall Street Journal. Bill Barr announced yesterday, remember all those unmaskings in the Obama administration where they were basically wiretapping people? That's what unmaskings are. You're listening in on a conversation. The name's supposed to be hidden, masked, and you unmask it. So you're effectively listening in on people's conversations, wiretapping them. So Bill Barr has another prosecutor out there, which we learned about yesterday. A U.S. attorney is looking at Obama-era unmasking Wall Street Journal. Oh, really? This little—I'm je- I'm loving Bill Barr more by the minute yesterday. I'm, this guy came out of the hearing yesterday looking like He-Man. Everyone else came out of there looking like uh, uh, Skeletor or— uh, Who would you think the ramhead, He-Man he- 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 guy? I used to love He-Man when I was a kid. Remember the man at arms deal and all that. So from this article, we found this out yesterday. Another gem. So bars assigned John Bash, a U.S. attorney, to review the Obama era unmaskings. This is key. Why does this matter, folks? So we know the Obama team used these unmasking rules to legally spy on people, right? But where were the crimes committed? Back to this piece. Here's where the crimes may have been committed. Too quick on the switch, every time. It's just to The unmaskings themselves may have been legal, but the classified information in the transcripts was leaked to the press. Oh, I've been telling you about this for years in order to damage the Trump administration. Mr. Barr said U.S. Attorney Bash is looking at the high number of unmaskings at the time, including some that do not readily appear in the line of normal business. This was a huge bombshell yesterday. at The hearing again that. Managed to fly under the radar screen because of all the silly Democrat, Democrat, theatre reclaiming my time morons. They looked so stupid yesterday. It was really humiliating. Do you ever wonder how in a country of 330 million people, 200 members of Congress who were the 200 dumbest people on the planet, on the Democrat side, all managed to get elected to the same position at the same time? Doesn't that does that ever bother you? 330 million people. If you had to take the intellectual dregs, the dumbest of those 330 million people, if you found them all, they all managed to get elected to Congress. We're being led by dunces, by double-digit IQ morons. This is an important revelation. The unmaskings were a big deal. The Obama administration, I'm gonna move on because I gotta get a lot of, I got a ton to fit in today, but the Obama unmaskings were essentially wiretapping their political opponents. They use legal loopholes to do it via these masking, unmasking laws. But the real crime is that some of that information that was unmasked wound up in the media, which is a federal crime. Again, I am out of the prediction games with the DOJ. I've been let down a million times before. Who's going to be indicted? Who's going to be arrested? I can't control that. I can't. I, I don't have federal law enforcement powers anymore. All I can tell you is if we're looking at it, we find something and there are indictments that would be really good news. Let's start off with this gem from our friend at Graby and Thomas Elliott. Check him out on social media. He's terrific. This is a quick montage of the Democrats at a, a hearing, allegedly a hearing, where they're supposedly asking Bill Barr questions. And they did this stunt yesterday, which I hope the Republicans now replicate every time. Uh, you're like, No, you can't do that. It's immoral. No, no, no. It's not, they said the Roberts rules of order are out the window. Uh, Here's a montage of the Democrats shutting Bill Barr down as he tries to answer every question with the reclaiming the time uh, uh, stunt. Check this out.
1: Isn't that correct? No, no. What is correct is that what is corrected on February 10th, Monday, I gave instructions as to what my time. Yeah, I'm answering your question. uh, You got to let him answer Reclaiming my time on February 10th. Sir, on February Uh, 10th, I direct reclaiming my time, sir. Reclaiming my time, and I know you don't want to answer. You are wrong, Mr. Chairman. No, that was—he's found he the investigation that found had been no initiated ev- properly. He said he found. Uh, reclaiming no my time without political bias. He said he and found in no April, evidence. Reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time without without any remedy. At all. I'm reclaiming my time. Please. When when people resist Please. law enforcement, they're not peaceful.
2: Reclaiming my time, I'm surprised at your lack of respect.
1: For- Gentleman does not have the time. I don't want the time. I just want I want the Attorney General to be able to have enough time to respond to accusations and questions ask him and you guys not cut him off. What you want is irrelevant. Uh, do you have anything you want to say in response to the speeches that have been given by the other side and, and then you have been cut off? Yeah, well let's on Lafayette. On Lafayette. The gentleman's time has expired. Um, Tell me the name of the cases. I don't have the name of the cases. Cases Where where were Carolina and uh, Alabama. You'll have a chance to comment after your testimony is done here today. That it is not a self-defining term. as they only got two minutes, sir. That they recognized. Mr. Barr, if I Yeah, but this is a hearing. I thought I was the one that was supposed to be heard.
0: Well, let me, and I'm going to get there. What was the point of that? I listened to that whole thing yesterday. What was the point? I don't understand what the point of that was. Did you hear that one dope from Arizona? The Democrat was the same Stanton. He's like, no, no. You'll have a chance to comment when the hearing's over. <gasps> what well, the- what's the point of the hearing, right, Joe? You get to- here yes. if, if, if you don't need Barr's comments. You are you're a congressman. Go in front of the microphones on C-SPAN. Give your speech, and Barr can respond from the DOJ. What's the point? Of course, there was never a point, ladies and gentlemen, that Democrats are double-digit IQ morons who all managed to get elected at the same time to positions of power to lord over us. The dumbest people in the country wound up finding their way in, in one fell swoop to Capitol Hill at the same time. I listened to the whole thing scratching my head. So let's go through the village of idiots. Here's idiot number one, the absolutely hapless, fake tough guy loser from Rhode Island, uh, David Cicilline, a Russian conspiracy theory hoaxer um, who still lies to his constituents, is a disgrace to his constituents, um, anyone who knows this guy. How does this guy wake up and look his family in the eye? He was one of the big collusion hoaxers. He got caught in the biggest lie Promoting the biggest scandal and defending the weaponization of government—that's who this guy is. Defending anti-First Amendment political spying, despite the fact that he got busted lying numerous times and was humiliated on every interview he did on Fox. Cicilline, this loser, he goes again yesterday up in front of the the, uh, the 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 alleged hearing and leaves out a significant piece of information about political bias. When he said this, check this out.
1: In December 2019, the Justice Department's own Inspector General, your department's, Michael Horowitz, found that the investigation had been initiated properly and without political bias. Isn't that correct? No. It's not correct? That was not Mr. Horowitz's finding? No. He, he, he said— you
0: are, you are wrong, Mr. Attorney no. no. Okay. Now, Cicillini's a fascinating little loser because Cicillini leaves out these key facts about what Horowitz said. Now, you may say, well, Dan, how do you know that? Because I have the actual video of Horowitz saying it. Cicillini says, well, Horowitz said that, you know, that the initiation was. Horowitz did say that it was initiated. He didn't have any evidence. The investigation was initiated without political bias. But then Horowitz went on, the inspector general for the Justice Department, which Cicillini, because he's a conspiracy theorist hoaxer and a liar and a discredited zero um here's and and keep in mind barr can't say this but i can here's what horowitz actually said let's play two clips about what the real political bias was which cicilline left out check this out
1: is it correct that you found uh no evidence that the investigation was motivated by anti-trump or political bias is that correct we found no evidence that the initiation of the investigation was motivated by political bias. It gets murkier, the question gets more challenging, Senator, when you get to the FISA, and when you get to the other, when you get to the attorney's actions, for example, in connection with that FISA. Right. Did they have a duty to report to their supervisors and eventually to the court its culpatory information? Absolutely. They did not? They did not. Why? That's the question um, I can't specifically answer for you. Can you say it wasn't because of political bias? On on decisions regarding those FISA matters, I do not know okay. their state of Fair mind enough. at this
0: point. Okay, so just to be clear, because that's not me in like a Michael Horowitz costume, yeah, yeah but that would be some really good makeup. That's Horowitz himself contradicting what Cicilline said. Cicilline, so you're saying this thing was initiated without political bias. And then he went on to caveat it by saying, well, he couldn't eliminate political bias for the decisions later in the in the FISA. Cicilline leaves that out because he's a liar. And I'm really sorry if you believe this zero. I'm really sorry. You may say, gosh, that so Horowitz didn't say there was no political bias in the case? No, that's not what he said. Matter of fact, Horowitz went on later to talk to Senator Ron Johnson in a hearing. And he indicated there may have been even more political bias that Cicilline conveniently left out because he's a liar and a loser. That's what he does. Here's Horowitz in Horowitz's own words. But you definitely in both these investigations, you found political bias. We
1: found through the text messages evidence of people's political bias. Correct. Also, political motivation. For example, Bruce Ord talked about how uh, Christopher Steele was desperate to make sure that President Trump didn't become president. Well, as asked Mr. Steele. That was, of course, a very important part of this discussion is when they understood his motivations and his potential bias. And we have the November statement from Mr. Orr that he had been told by Mr. Steele that he was desperate to prevent. So
0: again, we, so you're not. Den- Joe, did I hear that right? So he did find political bias. You heard it. I'm, I'm just checking. Nah. OK, I did. Paul, nah. did I hear that right? OK, good. Thank you. Again, come to this show if you're interested in the facts. If you want to hear lies, listen to the loser from Rhode Island, David Cicilline, who's been caught promoting political spying, the weaponization of government and law enforcement. He's been caught lying on the record multiple times. He has no credibility. Why would you listen to a known liar? A known liar who supports police state spying, who's a rude and obnoxious little punk, to an actual public servant, Bill Barr. Why would you listen to this loser? Again, an intellectual lightweight, a dunce, and luckily a guy who doesn't have one one one-thousandth of the platform I do to call him out on his known lies. I just played for you what Horowitz actually said, which contradicts Cicilline's characterization of it. He leaves off all the rest of it. Horowitz said the initiation of the case couldn't find political bias. Okay, there's a whole other point to that. He found a whole boatload of political bias elsewhere. And regarding the other decisions, he couldn't eliminate political bias as a reason. <sighs> okay, in the village of idiots, Cicilline, of course, wasn't the only one. Again, you have 200 plus members of Congress up there. Some of the dumbest people in the country all managed to find their way to Congress at the same time. Kind of puzzling how that happened. <laughs> Here's a Joe Naguse. Forgive me if I'm saying your name wrong. Joe, have no idea. Never met you before. A congressman from Colorado who gets totally wrecked by Bill Barr and basically tries to threaten Bill Barr and, Bayard, uh, and Barr just like drops the hammer on. This is great. Check this out.
1: Why isn't it true? Uh, June, I, I'll get to that, Mr. Barr. I mean, it, does, it, does it have Mr. Barr, to Barr? I will get to over? that. Reclaiming my time, you answered the question. Okay. I have another question for you. On June 19th, actually, I need to answer that Uh, question. Mr. Attorney General, you did answer the question. No, you said under penalty of perjury. I'm going to answer the damn
0: question. (laughs) Oh, Bill's like, I've kind of had enough of that one. So Joe Neguse, Joe Neguse asks him a question, threatens him with perjury, and doesn't let Barr actually answer the question. Barr says, I'm going to answer the damn question. Again, how Naguse thinks this looks good for him, I'm, I'm unsure. Naguse may think this looks good to the 10% of radical leftist lunatics in the country. To the rest of us, you look like a dunce. In the interest of time, because there were so many lowlights from yesterday's Village of Idiots, here's hapless congressman from Maryland District 8, who I know well, was one of the biggest losers in Maryland politics before he managed to win uh, an election amongst other losers in a primary for a congressional seat um, vacated by Chris Van Hollen when he became the hapless senator for Maryland. So uh, 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 Captain Hare, Jamie Raskin, The uh, <laughs> you know you have Captain America, Joe knows Raskin well. This is like, a, you know, <laughs> could, we- Cap- Captain with the Thor, the Iron Man of Hare, uh, Jamie Raskin, <laughs> who uh, I humiliated in a hearing when he tried to challenge me on what a chokehold was. Jamie, you know, Jamie Raskin, with all his police experience. Um, yeah. So here's Jamie Raskin yesterday asking Bill Barr about the Lafayette Park in front of the White House when Lafayette Park was cleared. And then later on, President Trump went out there and took the photo. Remember that the, there's a church behind where President Trump took that photo that the rioters tried to burn to the ground. So Raskin had a question about that, Barr, again, just drops the hammer. This is beautiful. Check this out.
1: Are you aware that the rector of the church, that the Episcopal Archbishop of Washington and the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church nationally, along with the Catholic bishop of the Archdiocese of Washington, all denounced this police assault on the civil rights and civil liberties of the people? Did they do that before or after the fire was put out? Well, all the— <laughs> <laughs>
0: The hair pirate, Jamie Raskin's like, I don't, uh, I don't remember exactly. You mean, did they do that after the rioters burn, tried to burn the church? So the church leaders, the church, if you go to that church, by the way, seriously reevaluate that. The, the law enforcement entity saved the church, St. John's, from being burned to the ground. And local religious leaders in the area speak out against the Trump campaign about basically saving the church. From being burned to the ground. And Barr wants to know, did they speak out before or after we put the fire out? I'm just, I'm I'm just just asking that question. Another member of the village of idiots. She's losing her temper, Joe. Representative Jayapal. She's losing her temper. Be careful, everyone. She's losing her temper. And you know what happens when the 200 dunces up on Capitol Hill lose their temper. You know, they start to, like, spy on political opponents, weaponize the CIA. You know, those people, you know, the Antifa supporting people. Be very careful when they lose their temper. This is Representative Jayapal, a short one, who, again, doesn't want Bill Barr to actually answer a question. So she lets her, I'm I'm losing my temper with you. Check this out.
1: But as I explained, the effort there was.
0: uh, Mr. Barr,
1: I just asked asked her yes or no.
2: So let me just tell you, I'm starting to lose my temper. Hmm.
0: Your Highness, it's losing her temper. Be very careful, folks. Mm. That was basically yesterday's hearing in a nutshell. I saved you nine hours, ten hours. There's one takeaway. Barr, thankfully, will be looking into the unmaskings and the felony leaks of information from the obama administration hopefully fingers crossed there will be indictments the rest of it was in a village of imbeciles lying to you losing their tempers reclaiming their time and threatening Barr with perjury for answers they're not willing to let him give there you go great hearing wasn't it terrific saved you all that time that's the benefit of the dan bongino show two pager day of course a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to get through i want to talk about this tech tyranny because it's out of control now uh before i get to that our second sponsor today day is Parler. Again, as you know, I'm a part owner of Parler. Parler is the new hot social media alternative where everybody's going right now because you can speak freely. Yes, that's right. Speak freely, you know, without being kicked off the platform, without being subjected to throttling, without being subjected to censorship. Parler. It's P-A-R-L-E-R. It's the news and free speech app. We won't silence your opinion. We won't violate your privacy. Unlike these other websites, we don't data mine you over there. You simply download the app, go to the App Store Parlor, P A R L E R, create an account, post, share, and speak freely. Follow me there. I am at D Bongino, at D B O N G I N O. Go to the uh, App Store, go or go to Parlor.com, P A R L E R.com, and find us in the App Store today. Big tech companies are silencing conservatives. It's unacceptable. Google, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. They don't believe in your constitutional right to free speech. We do at parlor. Ladies and gentlemen, as I've said repeatedly, you've got to fight back. The talk is great, but the do matters. Please. Go to Parler, support us at Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R. We're supporting you. We're supporting free speech. We need you over there. Make it your new social media home. You don't have to delete your other stuff. Nobody's asking you to do that. We're just asking that you give yourself a social media home where you don't have to worry about being kicked off a platform for being a conservative, a libertarian, or candidly a liberal either. Like I said, I'm one of the owners of Parler. There's more Bongino parody accounts at Parlor. Dan Bongino's hairline, Dan Bongino's <laughs> big ugly head, all that stuff. We don't kick them off. Great, knock yourself out. So do a parody account of me, all you want. Uh, like I said, I'm at the Bongino over there. We will not kick you off. Unlike these other tech tyrants. P A R L E R Parlor, or go to the App Store and download the Parlor app. Sign up and get an account today. Don't wait because people are scooping up. We've had you know millions of new people sign on. So people are scooping up those handles. Go today, parlor.com or at the app store, download parlor. Speaking of that, perfect timing for another tech tyranny block. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on with the tech tyrants is the free speech issue of our time. Now, to be clear again, because liberals always want to conflate and confuse the issue, I am entirely aware that this is not a government First Amendment issue. These are private companies. Can we just put that out of the way? So, no, you know, the liberals who aren't that smart, the double-digit IQ ones, like the 200 members plus of Congress who managed to all get elected at the same time despite their double-digit IQs, I get it. It is not a First Amendment issue. It's not a government entity. They are private companies. Having said that, these private companies are afforded protections by the government. And if they're going to use those government provided protections to sanction free speech and to censor people, then we're going to ask questions. Fair enough. Everybody understand the distinction? Fair questions, right? The tech tyranny is real. I'm going to show you some screenshots from YouTube, what YouTube does to my show. What did I tell you? Joe, what did I say? We talked yesterday about the tech tyranny and the censorship. I promised you our show was going to get throttled, right? Yeah. I'm going to show you the numbers to prove it in case you think I'm just making this up. First, let me get to this Washington Examiner article because I want to make the whole segment about me. It's about other people, too, that are suffering. Washington Examiner. Breitbart. Your editor was on the Tucker Carlson show last night. Their editor in chief, they're accusing Google of systematically blacklisting conservative websites. Were you trying to cover my face there? You don't like what, what? Paula, you see what she did? If you're watching us on YouTube, I don't know. Paula got tired of looking at me or so. She put the Washington Examiner piece right over my face. So this Breitbart editor in chief was on Tucker and is accusing Google of blacklisting them. Before I get to the screenshot from the piece, basically he was Alex Marlowe was on last night on Tucker and in essence said this that, Joe, if you go to Google and put in whatever, Joe Biden, Trump, 2020 election. Mm-hmm. No, 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 fix that. No notes. That was funny. I liked it. No, no, no fixing. Drew, do not fix that. I enjoyed it that she put the thingy over my face. Don't, no fix. I see her taking notes. So Marlo was on Tucker's show last night and said, if you put in Biden, Trump, 2020 election and Breitbart has a really kind of kick mm, article, a good article, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That that article is not going to appear Until you're like 72,000 pages into the search results. Well, why not? Breitbart's an established right-leaning website. Why wouldn't they appear? The Daily Caller, another website I use a lot. Great stories. They've had people over there, Chuck Ross and others, who have been way, way, way ahead of the news breaking on the Spygate stuff. Why aren't they on page one or two? Ladies and gentlemen, just try it. If you think I'm messing with you, just try it. Just go to Google, this left-wing tech tyrant site that does everything it can to squash you. Just go there and put in 2020 election. Scroll down until you finally, on page 462, get to Fox News. Try it. See where Breitbart is. Maybe it's page six, seven. I mean, obviously, I'm being a bit hyperbolic, which I shouldn't. But it's happening. From the piece, here's how this works. Google has this visibility index. It works similarly to the Nielsen rankings for the past four years, and the data shows the systemic bias, not only against Breitbart, but other right of center outlets. Marlowe said that if an average person searches for phrases associated with the presumptive 2020 Democratic presidential nominee, the chances of you getting a Breitbart article are virtually zero. Folks, I've seen this before with my own website at Bongino.com. If you don't put in Biden-Breitbart or Biden-Bongino.com, you're not going to get any of our articles. Despite the fact that we broke the Spygate story four years ago. You won't get any of that. You have to put in our name specifically. You'll get Bloomberg, CNN, the Washington Post, the New York Slimes, you know, conspiracy theory sites. The ones that were caught like Cicilline lying about this case. You'll get them first. Folks, this is really happening. There's a war going on right now for the ability to speak freely on platforms supported by the U.S. government. And let me tell you something. To Google, Twitter, Facebook, and others, you're toying with the wrong folks. People talk. People talk to other people. People know what's going on. And if you think there isn't a battle plan going forward, you are sorely mistaken. You say, okay, so now we've established that Google is pretty much throttling and censoring Breitbart and the Daily Caller and others. Well, what's going on with Twitter? Well, I've been warning you about Twitter forever. Again, it's why I'm involved with Parler. Here's a Twitter rep at the Israeli Nesset. She's asked, this is amazing video, how this has not gone... Mega viral. I know you've seen it. Joe, of course, Damn. gets to cheat. He sees the video before the show. A Twitter rep is asked by a member of the Israeli nesset. So the Ayatollah Khomeini and the Iranian death to America crowd can tweet about homicidal genocide against Jews, Israel and elsewhere. That's Okay. But when Trump tweets about the riots, you have to put a warning on his stuff. He's like, we just want to get you on the record there and listen to the Twitter rep. She's the female talking at the beginning. Listen to her incredible response on this. Check this out.
2: We have an approach to where leaders that presently say that direct interactions with fellow public figures, comments on political issues of the day or foreign policy saber-rattling on Military economic issues are generally not in violation so of our Calling for genocide is okay, but uh, commenting however, on politics is not. Just it, so we understand. Just so I just want to fine-tune the question. Calling for genocide on Twitter is okay, but commenting on political situations in certain countries is not okay. So if a word leader violates our rules, but it is a clear interest in keeping that up on the service, we may place it behind a notice that provides some more context about the violation and allows people to click through if they wish to see that type of content. And that is what happened in for, for the Trump tweet. Uh, that tweet was violating our policies regarding the glorification of violence based on the historical context of, of the last line of that tweet and the risk That it could possibly inspire harm uh, and similar actions and and it as it was in the interest of the public to keep that on the platform we decided to 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 keep it up place it behind a notice put the label on it as you might say to limit the interaction with it but because it is of importance to have it remain so that the citizens can see what their their political figures are commenting and hold them accountable for what they're saying online. So that's important. I th- I think that what's come up again, um, again and again um, through different examples is actually um, a sense of double standards. And and I would and I would implore Twitter and other online platforms to to ensure. I think that that's your responsibility and that you have to be held to account for that. That there is no double standard.
0: So uh, I just I'm just checking here. Like, did that actually happen? How is that not on the nightly news tonight? A Twitter rep goes on the record and says, listen, if you tweet like Trump did about the riots, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. No, no, that's definitely going to get a warning label and no one can share that. But when you're the Iranian death to America mullahs tweeting for a mass genocide, don't worry. That's a-okay. Just don't put... We're calling for genocide when the looting starts, the shooting starts, and then you'll be okay. This is, this is real. This is real. Joe, one point, this is amazing. The the, um, the member of the, Nessith, the 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 female voice you heard. Yeah. She goes, I just want to be clear on this. You can call for genocide, but if you comment on a riot in an area looting, you're going to get a warning label, but not in a call for genocide? Mass extermination? I'm just checking. So uh, just to be clear, so by Twitter's own rules, he wouldn't do it. But if Trump were to comment on and recommend the genocide, he's okay. But commenting on the riot, he's not okay. Citing the Iranian example, no, the Iranians are allowed to do it. Is this is this real? Are we living on planet Earth? You understand now why I'm so frustrated. Not with liberals. Liberals hate free speech. They love riots. That's their thing. Not all of them, but a good swath. They do. They, they will support any violence against courthouses. There's a large swath of liberal America, believe me, that loves chaos, violence, speech suppression, public humiliation for you. And a, that, that's their thing. I'm frustrated at the so-called conservatives because at parlors, we've tried to build it. We have had more problems with conservatives. They complain. They're like, oh gosh, at one point we wanted they wanted a phone number at parlor. We only do that to, we don't store your phone number anywhere. We use it just to verify you're not a bot. It's got, we don't store it. But you'll love Twitter that actually sells your data and threatens to ban you if you're a conservative. It's a, ama- I'm not kidding. We have had issues with, more issues with conservatives than anyone. They love Twitter. The fight is here. Oh, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Don't banish me. Banish me last. I'm sorry, but it's just, it's it's almost like tragically comical. Twitter stinks. Let's get an alternative. Okay, we'll give you an alternative. We don't want it. We love Twitter. The fight is here. You asked me for a phone number. We asked you for, just to verify who you are. <laughs> Twitter sells your data. We don't sell anything. We don't even store your data <laughs> at all. Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. You've all been great, seriously, but very generous. It's just, there's a small subset, I'm not getting very small subset of people that has no idea how bad Twitter really is. They really think the fight is there. They're playing cards, as I said yesterday, against someone with a marked deck, and you think it's a fight. It's not a fight. It is a censorship extermination of your ideology happening in live time. She just admitted it. If you're Trump, don't tweet about riots. But if you're an Iranian tweeting about a mass genocide, that's a-okay. Now, you think this fight isn't real for us? What did I warn you about yesterday? Yesterday, I told you, we talked about tech tyranny. And I said during the show, I said during the show that YouTube is going to throttle this show, guaranteed. We're working on other plans. I'll get to that in a second. Here, you need evidence? Here we go. Here's a screenshot from our YouTube. You can watch this on YouTube, by the way, to show you what they do. to Look at the views on our show. So uh, this is yesterday's show was done, episode 1307, 1307. We talked about Twitter going on the attack and the tech tyrants like YouTube. Look at the views, folks. Yesterday's show overnight, 87,000 views. Wow, that's fascinating. The show before that, 118,000. The show before that, 172,000. The show before that, 187,000. Wow. Weird. Weird how we lost more than half of our audience from just four days ago. Crazy how that happens. It's weird. (laughs) Meanwhile, as Joe can attest to, our audio show that goes out on terrestrial radio and on audio platforms, not on YouTube, the show was up yesterday. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Weird how that happens. How when you talk about YouTube and their censorship, YouTube squashes you. Dan, it's a free company. It's a free company supported by the United States government. We're not allowed to talk about it. Again, so you're allowed to go to my site, Parlor, crap all over me and start like Dan Bongino's big ears. Is a par- Yes, you are. Go right ahead. Knock yourselves out. I'm not kidding. I believe in free speech. Does YouTube? God forbid you mention any issues with YouTube. YouTube shuts you down. You're telling me, you oh, Dan, that's an isolated example. Is it? Check out this one. Here's another screenshot from last week. So last week we brought up a a controversial Joe air quotes topic. We brought up a topic of uh, masks and going back to school. Mm -hmm. That's not accepted. Look at the views. 145,000, 166,000, 131,000, 174,000. You bring up going back to school in Corona. The episode was titled The Kids Go Back to School. 99,000. Again, a third of our audience, if not more, wiped out because we brought up unacceptable discourse on their channel. Like maybe kids should go back to school. By the way, this show will be throttled too. The irony is that's why I tell you to subscribe. Subscribe, because you won't hear about this show on YouTube if you're not. You may say, Dan, why are you asking? I'll get to that in a second. I know it seems counterintuitive. Now, we did another show. What was it, last week or the week before? Where I simply pointed out a news article on John Solomon's site about a correlation between an uptick in cases and mask usage. Saying, well, if masks work so well, why are cases going up? It's a news article. We discussed simply the data. The clip was removed from YouTube. It, Paula was kind enough. This was from the email we got. YouTube does not allow content that spreads medical misinformation. We weren't spreading anything. We're just reading a news report about a correlation that contradicts the WHO. <laughs> Contradict. You mean the WHO that I wrote a whole chapter about in my next book? The WHO that told us there's no human-to-human transmission You you mean the primary means of transmission for the coronavirus? You mean that one? (laughs) Just to be clear, we're we're not allowed to contradict that. That was the WHO's medical advice. Thank God people contradicted that. YouTube took the clip down where we discussed a simple correlation. YouTube. Because again, Joe, God forbid... You speak about anything outside their far-left radical perimeter fence. Mm -hmm. You bring up anything, they'll ban you. You may say then, how do we win this fight? Why do you keep asking us to subscribe? Because, folks, we are in the process right now. We want to do it right of a transition to other platforms that don't suppress free speech. Again, I'm not asking YouTube to allow criminal content on there i mean there's odd uh, folks listen I, i'm at parlor the free speech conundrum is one it's legitimate you know free speech doesn't just mean you can't just go on a platform and threaten someone's life you can't there's a crime but free speech ideological back and forth and even controversial ideas should be allowed i'm again i'm not asking youtube to uh, to uh you know, uh, allow the Iranians to come in and and talk about uh, the mass extermination of uh, of people. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying though, know, when you can't bring up obvious scientific correlational data, facts, and you're wiped off the platform, that's real trouble. So I ask you to subscribe because we're working on alternatives now. And if you don't subscribe to our channel, you won't see it because we're throttled often whenever we bring up outside anything outside of their acceptable discourse. And if you don't subscribe, you'll never hear where we're going and what we're doing. But we do have alternatives. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to win this fight in the future. Not just us, but others. You have outlets right now. I tweeted this out yesterday, paying big money. Big, big money for platforms. Joe Rogan got, I think, a $100 million deal to be exclusive to Spotify. Just like Roger Ailes years ago at Fox, when they started Fox news, I listened to him give a speech before he uh, obviously way before he passed. And Ailes, I was kind of stupid. Of course he gave the speech before he passed, but I was at the secret service Academy at the time. And he gave a speech and he was kind of mocking how people asked him all the time. Yeah. What was the secret to success at Fox news? And he said this line, he said, uh, I found that there was an underserved market in America for content called 50% of America that was looking for actual unbiased news. I mean, it was a joke. He was saying how the, the business model's right in front of us. Ladies and gentlemen, the business model for the future to fight the tech tyrants like Roger Ailes fought CNN, ABC, NBC, and CBS, the business model's right in front of us. There is going to be, just like with Parler now, again, I hate to keep bringing it up because obviously I have an interest in it, but the fight, there are people here with assets who were interested in producing a platform to appeal to the 30 or 40% of people out there who just are tired of being censored on these platforms. The business model's not hard. That's why we're succeeding at Parler. You are also going to find video platforms and elsewhere willing to pay conservative shows like this with a substantial audience, hundreds of thousands of people. You just saw it yourself. They're going to be willing to pay and say, hey, why are you giving content for free to YouTube for free, for nothing, they're making money off you that we would pay you for to come over and be exclusive to us. We're already working on it. That's happening. And YouTube is going to be left holding just like CNN was. Where eventually they're going to be like, my gosh, how stupid were we? Joe, think about this. These people like Bongino and other ones were giving us free content, free, (laughs) charging us nothing for their content. Mm -hmm. We were making money off it for decades and then what did we do we turned around and attacked them by throttling the content they gave us for free and are you wondering why they left stay tuned we're working on it now all right um let me get to my third sponsor this has been a really busy show because i want to get to this uh these deep state connections i discussed this last night on Hannity's show and i got a lot of feedback so i wanted to kind of formalize it and go through it a little slower you only have about two minutes to talk on that show i got a little more time here Ladies and gentlemen, our last sponsor is Paint Your Life. At PaintYourLife.com, you can have an original painting by a world-class artist done by hand from a photo. We recently celebrated Amelia's first communion. We wanted the picture memorialized. We want to hand it down to our kids with a Paint Your Life painting. It was a big moment in our lives and we wanted to do something special. There's no better way to do it than with Paint Your Life. At Paint Your Life, you get a professional hand-painted portrait created from a photo at a truly affordable price. Choose from a team of world-class artists and work with them until every detail is perfect. They have a user-friendly platform that lets you order a custom-made hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes. These portraits are gorgeous. You can hand them down to your kids. They make amazing gifts, anniversaries, birthdays, whatever it is. Go to Paint Your Life. Check them out. It's a gift that's meaningful. It's personal, can be cherished forever. They are beautiful. The selection's incredible. It takes just a few minutes to do it. Paula, again, picked a picture for my daughter's communion. I'll show you it on the show when we get it back. I can't wait. They, uh, they arrive, get a hand-painted portrait, maybe about three weeks. They're really terrific. I'll show you at first here, you're gonna love it. At PaintYourLife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word Dan, D-A-N, to 64,000. That's Dan to 64,000. Text the word Dan to 64,000. Go to Paint Your Life. You're going to love this. It's an awesome gift. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Check it out today. Text Dan to 64,000. All right, Uh, getting back to the show. So last night I was on Hannity's show, and the segment was about the deep state. And, and, you know, you hear this word a lot. And of course, liberals lose their minds. You know, whenever you're over a target, learn this lesson with liberals, right? Whenever you're over the target with liberals, they freak out. Whenever they tell you what you can't say, flip them the double-barrel middle finger and double down and say it more. Uh, there's an, and just a quick example for you, this, this guy, John Cass, I'll get to the story tomorrow in more detail, but he wrote an article for the Chicago Tribune about George Soros' ties to the chaos in this country. By financing the campaigns of anti-law and order DAs, and this guy was attacked. What, that, when you about the Soros thing, here's a this is religious discrimination. Soros is Jewish. Katz didn't even bring up Soros's religion. It doesn't. So now you know they're really worried about George Soros. The left is terrified about the deep state too. I Again, I don't care what you call it—the silly state, you know, the dopey state, the deep state—doesn't matter to me. Telling me it's not real is ridiculous. Just some quick connections. I did this last night. So the deep state, what is it? It is an interconnected group of people who've worked with each other and know each other, who have power and influence, and who keep appearing in the biggest scandals of modern times. Spygate, the scandalous Mueller probe into an inclusion hoax that didn't happen. The impeachment hoax about a phone call that happened but didn't happen the way they said it did. It's the same people. So I went through this last night. Mary McCord, who worked at the Department of Justice during the Obama administration and the Trump administration, she supervised this attorney, David Laufman, this attorney who shows up at the FBI's briefing where they're interviewing Christopher Steele's source. This is the same Mary McCord supervising the lawyer she sends to interview Steele source, who then leaves the Department of Justice and goes to work with who? Adam Schiff. So McCord, who's clearly involved in the Spygate case, leaves and then goes to advise Adam Schiff on how to impeach the president. Yes, same person. Who then, by the way, writes an op-ed, what, for the Washington Post, critical of Trump. Schiff, Adam Schiff, then goes and hires two people from the National Security Council. Remember where the whistleblower complaint emanated from? Yeah. Abigail Grace and Sean Misco, who were friends with the fake whistleblower. Now Schiff's got the Ukraine people. He's got Mary McCord, the spy gay people. It's all the same people. Ah, uh, those are just a few. Oh, I got more. I got more. Bob Muller's former chief of staff was a guy by the name of John Carlin. Who was John Carlin? He supervised Mary McCord who went to work for Adam Schiff and supervised the lawyer who sat in on the interview with Source. That was Bob Mueller's chief of staff. Bob Mueller's chief of staff was Mary McCord's boss in the National Security Division. After he left Bob Mueller's team, he went to go work for the National Security Division. Bob Mueller also hired Andrew Weissman as his bulldog, who worked with Kathy Rumler, Obama's fixer, the whole chapter in the book, uh, my next book on her, And Lisa Monaco, Obama's counterterrorism advisor, Weissman worked with those two on the Enron case. Rumler, Monaco, Weissman. Mueller hired them while his former chief of staff was supervising the lawyer who supervised the lawyer in on the Steele interview. Laufman, who was supervised by McCord, who went later to work for Schiff, Laufman also worked the Clinton case. Yeah, the Clinton email case, he had his fingers in that one too. You know, the Clintons, who had a guy who worked for them by the name of Strobe Talbot. Strobe Talbot, who went later to run the Brookings Institute, the Brookings Institute where Steele Source was affiliated. Steele Source, who was interviewed by Laufman, who ran the Clinton case. Laufman, who obviously knows the Clintons, who know Talbot, who was at the Brookings Institute while the source who Laufman interviewed, worked there? You may be like, this can't be true. It's all true. <laughs> who else worked at Brookings? Fiona Hill? Yeah, Fiona Hill. Remember the lady who testified yeah. against Trump in yeah, the yeah. impeachment hearing? Yeah, yeah, that one. Who worked for Talbot, who worked for the Clintons. Huh. The Clinton case, which was supervised by Laufman. Laufman, who worked for McCord. And Laufman, who interviewed the source who worked at Brookings, with Talbot, man. You mean Talbot, Strobe Talbot, who worked for Clinton and also was the president of Brookings, affiliated with this source who Laufman interviewed? Talbot also is the brother in law of Cody Shear, a former journalist who works with the Clintons and was spreading the dossier around DC and was allegedly working with Victoria Newland, who had worked with Talbot before too at the State Department?
1: Thigh bone connected to the knee bone, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember that? No, yeah, thigh, yeah. Knee bone. It, knee, that, yeah. it doesn't
0: end there. No, it doesn't end there. Oh, end there. oh. oh dude. What we? Uh, what, what about more deep state connections? What about the whistleblower, the fake whistleblower, who met with a woman sent over from Ukraine on a trip funded by a major Clinton donor, Pinchuk, And the uh, uh, the Ukrainian who meets with the fake whistleblower, also meets with McCain's primary guy, David Kramer, who later passes the dossier to the FBI. (sighs) No, ladies and gentlemen, the deep state's all a big fabrication. Again, I don't care what you call it, the silly state, the dopey state, it doesn't matter to me. But as I said last night, if you don't think the deep state and these people who have embedded themselves in the federal, federal bureaucracy, the think tanks, in the FBI, the Justice Department, and elsewhere, all know each other, and having conspired to take down this president, you think it's just by chance of the millions of lawyers, agents, and cops across the country that these people magically show up in every single anti-Trump scandal? Hmm. You need to take a vacation if you think any of that is true. All right, moving on. This is a doozy. So uh, the hapless silver medal winning worst mayor in the country, Lori Lightfoot, who's just terrible, uh, mayor of Chicago, was on CNN this weekend. And she conveniently leaves out the facts here. Now, whenever Democrats want to make an argument, be prepared against gun control. I pride myself on the ability to get out ahead of this stuff for you. Whenever they want to make an argument, excuse me, for gun control, what they say is, because you, you can't if you're Lightfoot, because they have some of the strictest gun laws in the country. Yeah. So if gun laws work, why is gun crime out of control where you are? That doesn't make any sense. In other words, gun control works. You implemented gun control, you have a gun problem. So their argument is always, well, it's not us. The guns are coming from out of state and other places with lax gun laws. That's always their argument every time. None of that's true. But listen to Lori Lightfoot hilariously try to make this stupid argument here. Check this out.
2: Starting with common sense gun control. The fact of the matter is our gun problem is related to the fact that we have too many illegal guns on our street, 60% of which... 60% 60% of which come from states outside of Illinois. We are being inundated with guns from states that have virtually no gun control, no background checks, no ban on assault weapons. That is hurting cities like Chicago. That is the thing that if the president really wanted to help. That and the other things I identified in my letter he could do today, tomorrow. But he's not really interested and helping in that way.
0: Again, you know, just like Cicilline, these are discredited liars. They, there is no state that has a no background check law. I mean, folks, do we need to fact check this? I mean, seriously, you know, I have an intelligent audience. Democrats don't. You realize when Lightfoot says this, people believe her that there's a state in the United States that has a no background check law. Can you tell me what state that is? Where there's a law that says no background checks here. Can you tell me you can't? Because you're a liar. That's just what you do. But did you see what she does? She massages the data to make you believe that the guns that are coming into Chicago being used illegally is largely an out-of-state problem from states that have no background check laws, which is fake. So ironically, I went to this Twitter feed, The Trace, which is not, it's, it's for gun control. In other words, they're for gun control. So here, Here's his Twitter feed, and I want you to look at the actual data. Here's the data, the top 15 sources uh, for firearms recovered in Illinois. What's uh, what's the number one state? So let me get this straight. The number one state for Illinois is Illinois. Wow, by, by quite a long shot, 5,000 guns recovered in Il- Illinois. So just to be clear. Laurie Lightfoot, who's saying the Chicago, which for liberals listening, is in Illinois. And, I, I, you know, I know you have an issue with that kind of stuff, geography and things. So Chicago, which is in Illinois, Lightfoot's saying, no, no, we have strict gun control and it works. The guns are coming from out of state and all these recoveries of illegally used guns at crime scenes. The overwhelming majority of these are from from out of state. Meanwhile, the leading state for recoveries from Illinois is Illinois Guns. Again, I'm sorry you have to come here for the facts all the time. I wish you could, I really do. I wish you'd get them from other mainstream outlets and you could come here and we could do lighter stuff and some entertainment stuff once in a while, but I don't have any time. 90% of my time is setting the public record straight on the actual facts, not the the garbage and the nonsense. All right, I want to get to this. This was a video from yesterday, but it's important. Donald Trump yesterday making a big move. I'm a big supporter of school choice. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can explain to me with a straight face why a parent whose kid is suffering in an educational institution, a school that is failing them, and why you should chain the doors behind them and not let them out, and not let them pay with their own tax dollars for an alternative that will educate their kids in the future. If you can explain to me with a straight face why you do that, I'm open to hearing it. I don't think you can. Here's uh, a video of Donald Trump saying enough. You don't want to open your schools? I said this a couple of weeks ago. Fine. Don't open them. Give us our money back. We'll find another way to do it. And Donald Trump is moving exactly in that direction. Check this out. If schools do not reopen, the funding should go to parents to send their child to public, private, charter, religious, or homeschool of their choice. The key word being choice. If the school is
1: closed, the money should follow the student. So the parents and families are in control of their own decisions. So we'd like the money to go to the parents of the student. This way they can make the decision that's best for them.
0: Folks, uh, you know, listen, I, I, as I've said before, and I'll say again, I have the utmost respect and I mean it for teachers that do a really good job. You know, you don't remember a lot of things in your life, but everybody remembers their teachers. You spend eight hours a day with them. I can speak in clear, semi-coherent English. Been a little banged up today, you can probably tell. But semi-coherent English because of the work of great teachers. Do a great job. Having said that, some don't. And if you don't want to go back to work and educate kids, kids have to find a way to get educated. I'm very sorry. I uh, Again, I, I appreciate all the emails I've received from really patriotic god loving american teachers who've told me you want to go back to work i understand we're scared i understand you're scared a lot of people are scared my mother in law is scared but the kids have to get the, the solution cannot possibly be we're just going to stop educating our kids that's that's obviously not we don't do that for any other disease any other disease i mean seriously we didn't stop school when the hiv epidemic was spreading in the 80s we don't stop school for influenza outbreaks we don't stop schools when there's a measles outbreak We don't. We may temporarily close them, but we just don't stop educating kids. Can we all agree? I mean, I'm just trying to get to some common consensus. Can we all agree? Kids need an education. You can't function in the world literally without it. So we will have to find something else. I'm asking you with the greatest respect to the teachers who have an open mind. If you don't, this segment's not for you. Tune out now. This position by the unions that we're not opening schools And we're going to protest and we're going to go out there and do safety, which is ironic. You're going to go out there and protest and gather around other people, but you're not going to educate the kids and you're saying it's for safety. You understand how that doesn't, there's a disconnect there, right? I'm just asking you to think this thing through tactically. You're messing with kids. You can mess with people, people's cars. You can mess with their social media accounts. They'll get mad. They'll do stuff. You mess with their kids. You start to really open up a Pandora's box. They're not going to let you do this. They're going to find a parochial school, a Catholic school, a homeschooling option, or they're going to start mini schools in their neighborhoods like I'm seeing sprouting up right now. There will be no job left for you to come back to. They are not going to take it. Again, I'm sure we'll get throttled by YouTube for this today, for all of our commentary, but that's okay. We fight the good fight here. And if it costs us money, it's money worth being costed. That's A-OK with me. It's time to go back to school. And if President Trump even reallocates the 10% of federal funding that goes to schools through Title I, starts to reallocate it to to parents or institute or mini schools or things like that, the chokehold on the education system by education unions is going to be over. You are making an enormous Tactical mistake. We don't have to be enemies here. I don't want to be your enemy. You teach my kids. I trust you. I hope you trust me too to support you. We do a lot for schools. We don't need to talk about it now. I'm not patting myself on the back. We do it because it matters. I wanted to do a cash award thing for teachers. I like them that much, especially my daughters. They were really terrific. I'm saying as a friend that I mean it. This is a really, really bad idea. That is going to backfire in spectacular fashion if you double down on this. Parents are not going to watch their kids sit in the house all the time. What was that look about? What? Something going on? She said, Paul's giving me a look over there. I thought it was medical school. Don't do it. Don't do it. We'll find a way. We got to keep you safe. All right? I'm with you. Don't make let's not be enemies on this. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to our YouTube, so when we get an alternate platform, you'll know where to go. YouTube.com slash Bongino. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Bongino.com and elsewhere. We really appreciate it. We've had a great week this week outside of the YouTube throttling. It's been excellent on audio. We really appreciate that. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.